it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige film. It's, it's probably prestige. It's 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 not zombies or, or or witches or dragons. It's Days of Thunder, the 1990 sports action drama, directed by Tony Scott, who's made so many unforgettable action movies: Top Gun, The Last Boy Scout, Crimson Tide. Uh, before his career was tragically uh, shortened in 2012. Story by Robert Town and Tom Cruise credited with this i don't know whether he just uh staggered into robert town's office one night drunk and said nascar driving or he actually had a substantial role in development of this but robert town's old hand from chinatown the two jakes wrote the first two mission impossibles must like working with them uh it stars tom cruise you know who tom cruise is he just mm-hmm. broke all the records with top gun maverick everyone saw it six times in the theater last year Robert Duvall, he's Tom Hagen in The Godfather, Say No More. Randy Quaid, this is the first non-lunatic role I've ever seen <laughs> Randy Quaid play. But yeah, if you want, uh-huh. go ahead. He's credited before Nicole Kidman, which surprised me. He's been in a lot of, I guess I just haven't yeah. seen a lot of Randy Quaid's work. Uh, if you want to see him in other lunatic roles, you can see him in the National Lampoon's Vacation Series, Independence Day, and Kingpin. Nicole Kidman, one of Tom Cruise's ex-wives, he's collaborated. She's collaborated with him three times on this Far and Away and Eyes Wide Shut. Michael Rooker, you know him, you love him. He's Daryl Dixon's brother, Merle in The Walking Dead. John C. Riley, we just saw him in Boogie Nights, uh, but he's going to get back into racing with Will Ferrell in a few years in Talladega Nights. Carrie Elwes is Wesley from The Princess Bride, and he's Robin Hood in Men in Tights. Nick Searcy, Searcy rather, he's U.S. Marshal Art Mullen Justified. He plays a lot of lawmen. I was looking through his filmography, hmm. unsurprisingly. And I was delighted to find out that this is also a character actress Margot Martindale's debut film performance. All right, yep. <laughs> Babyface Margot Martindale getting behind the camera, first time age of 39, she plays Tom Cruise's track timer. For about uh, eight seconds, she's on screen. She's also 80% of the, the reason why Justified Season 2 is one of my favorite epi- seasons of television ever. She plays mm-hmm. Mags Bennett, and she's unforgettable. Jim, this movie came out in 1990. I don't know how familiar you are with it. Uh, I don't know what your history about this movie is at all. Uh, hmm. Would you care to let us know what you thought this movie what you thought this movie of what I thought movie this of uh, see I had I had a 200 mile an hour car accident I had the uh-huh. uh, the brain I got brain bruising blindness I'll drill uh, a hole in I, your I, head and drain the <laughs> leaky blood if you want someone get Nicole Kidman on the phone stat <laughs> I need I need help uh, so I've seen this movie one time and I've written the days of thunder ride at Universal Studios in California there you go which probably doesn't exist anymore. I have to imagine. Uh, why would it? It's been now 33 years since this movie was made. There's no way that's still there. Uh, does it? Okay, two two huge questions for you. The first one being, 
why do I come away from this movie with danger zone in my head? I mean, why this am is... I linking these inextricably with Top Gun? It's because it's a Tony Scott film. Uh, and did you did you read Roger Ebert's review of this? Because no, he no. clinically and scientifically broke down the Tom Cruise formula in the late 80s and 90s. It's like I, I was shocked. Maybe okay. we can get to that later on in review. But like, yeah, I'd like to hear it's that. got like you got the you know, you got your typical hero's journey. There's the Tom Cruise path that he's laid out where it's okay. like, you know, because it's it is it's like this thing of like, you know, Tom Cruise is a young undeniably talented but brash and naive person that needs to be uh, Mm -hmm. some some corners rounded off he's going to meet an older mentor that knows what he's doing you know uh, forwards and backwards he's going to meet a fake rival that Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. hate each other instantly but they're going to become best friends by the end at the end of the movie there'll be the real threat that emerges that's the actual mortal Mm -hmm. threat to him this is carrie elway's it's uh i don't know probably the russian pilots or (laughs) <laughs> the pilots from Unknownistan that 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 turn up at the end of uh, Top Gun. There's there's mm-hmm. the woman that teaches that gentles him and teaches mm-hmm. him to like fucking think before he puts his dick into something. There's the uh, silhouetted there's, like, sex scene. Sure, yeah, the with the with the slow sax. Uh, mm-hmm. You you <laughs> there's a, it was like a it was like a twelve point thing and he sh- like it was this and it it was this run of he just made the same fucking movie starting at Top Gun. Going to Color of Money, going to Cocktail, going to mm. Days and Thunder. Those are the same fucking movies with mm-hmm. just the careers changed. Yeah. So I think that's why. I think that's okay. why. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and the sense of speed that I get from this movie makes me want to get the sense of speed from Top Gun. Uh, yes. And I want to have... And, and really, I just want the music to be better in this movie. It's not great. Uh, Hans Zimmer did the score on this. It's fine. It's passable, but there's no signature like licensed music like there is in Top Gun. And I feel yeah. like half of the reason I love Top Gun so much is the music. This movie could have done a lot better with its music. Yeah, it could have done some contemporary stuff. I, I man, I don't know. Um, the the other question. This is I like have, a this is like a NASCAR movie made for not NASCAR people. Yes, absolutely. It is. Uh, and I think that's one of its strengths, actually. Um, but, but it turns into a weakness once you, once you know anything about NASCAR, right? Um, or or once, once you start to actually examine the movie, it turns into a weakness. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. Prestige movie. Does a prestige movie need to be good to be a prestige movie? Dude, I I mean, (laughs) see, that I, I think we have a reckoning coming with prestige and pulp. I think we need to <laughs> recast this as a sensibility uh-huh. and a a seriousness of approach rather than just, oh, my God, there's spaceships in this one. Uh, because you're right. By bald move law, this is a prestige film because mm-hmm. there are no warlocks, dragons, zombies, spacemen, yeah. anything like that. But, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's, but it's not a bad. I, okay, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna show my hand because I still feel like I, we've we've talked five minutes. I have no idea what you think of this movie. Oh, well, I just said I it's think, not a good movie. So well, it's not a good. That. But I I thought it was a really fun movie. It's maybe fun. it's just, yeah. Maybe it's because I've just never seen this before, and I've seen you oh, know really? Top Gun okay. a bunch of times. Yeah, it's the first time. Although my ass has sat through Days of Thunder uh, action theater at Kings Island. 
Oh, okay. Oh, it was it was during King's Island uh, uh, during the heyday of this ride. I did sit through that, so hmm. like I felt like I saw the last uh, about ten minutes of this movie in Omnimax. Uh, <laughs> what 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 would you call that? That's so. Actually, let's 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 save that for another segment in the spoiler section. Talk about okay. Days of Thunder the Ride. Um, yeah, I thought it was I was I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was why I thought it was kind of wild that Nicole Kidman doesn't show up until like the halfway point in the film. Uh, I love Robert Duvall's character. I thought him and Tom Cruise had a mm-hmm. lot of great chemistry. Uh, I love just a like kind of sort of correct use of Southern fried vernacular. Like they throw a lot of sh- it's sh- I, it's it's funny because I also just watched the pilot episode of the Dukes of Hazard, which has another is another adventures in and Hollywood writing of like a vernacular that they don't and and, and terminology they don't quite have a, a handle on. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, and I and I think this movie looks great too. Like it's got that Tony Scott you know magic hour, very similar oh, sure. to Michael Bay's aesthetic, capturing mm-hmm. the heat waves coming off of the tarmac, the roar of the engine, uh, the racing action is absurd in the same way that like the boxing on Rocky is absurd. Like I've seen <laughs> most of the shit in this movie happen, but like this is like 10 years of NASCAR's crazy shit happening in like one race or a particular sure, season. Sure. As far um, as crashes. Yeah. It, it's also surprisingly just fundamental. I, I, I look at like the big thing, the, the big uh, victory at the end, you know, that inevitably comes. And I say, this seems like the simplest trick in the book. This seems like page one of the NASCAR playbook. Uh, I want to I want to flip the pages. I want to get to like chapter four and I want to mm-hmm. see like what real NASCAR racing is about. Like, what are the intricacies? Yeah. Uh, what What are you battling? I I think this movie might have been more successful for me if it focused a little bit more on the technical side of it, of the car. Like, you what, want what is Ferrari. Harry Hogg doing to set up this car? Like, why yeah. is it why is it a, a slightly better car than the other cars? Right. Well, he uh, slung the engine down low. He put a, a uh, an oil pan up front. He he put in a a thick fuel line to carry an extra gallon again. Weren't you paying attention to thin, the montage? A, a thin walled exhaust system to blow the car up to pass Damn out the straight. driver and, and crash the car. Sure. <laughs> no, I I was paying attention. I I wanted to know how that translated to like the track. I know. Like how how is the feel of the car different for him based on those things? And like why does that give him an edge? Why is that? Yeah, all, all those things. I think it would have been a, a better ending if I understood more about like why he's a skilled driver. Because to, to me, do he's that. doing NASCAR 101. Oh uh, yeah, it, it, it's like it's like crossing somebody up on a basketball court, right? Like yes, that is 101. You do this mm. is not something you would pull out in the final moments of Hoosiers right. or whatever right. to make it dramatically it's- incredible. It's a layup, you know, <laughs> right, right. No, it's like it's like when they're like they're like halfway through his second season and he's still trying to figure out how drafting works. Like, oh, some some <laughs> me and Harry are trying to work on. He's got sweetener packets out on the oh, cold kidman's thighs God. trying to. Uh huh. Have mm-hmm. we have we finally discovered a more cringy cinematic moment yep. than Ben Affleck and the fucking <laughs> animal crackers? That is 100 percent what I thought of. The sweet and low scene <laughs> is worse than the animal cracker scene in Armageddon. Uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm not quite sure how I can, why I can't put my finger on exactly why it's more cringy. I just know that it's true. 
It might be that Nicole yeah. Kidman was not interested in selling it at all. I felt like most of this movie, she was was playing Tom Cruise is kind of gross and I wish he wasn't around me. <laughs> okay. You get that? That's fair. That's fair. Like he's, I mean, he's he got these sugar packets. Like like, oil at all times. <laughs> like exhaust. Li- li- Liv Tyler is like giggling and like, oh, you're so cute, Ben. And and the whole time, the whole time Tom Cruise is doing this shit on her legs, she's like, could you just please stop this? Th- come on. Come mm-hmm. on. Uh, but but no, if, if they if they got beyond just drafting, then Robert Town and Tom Cruise would have to do more than watch like an hour of NASCAR. Yeah. Before yeah. they br- you took a break for cocktails and never got back around to the research because yeah, and learn how to, to tie the the jumpsuit arms around your waist right so it doesn't fall down. That's that's about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> this is very over the top, right? There's like you know uh, going high, mm-hmm. going high is the ultimate strategy. You just pass them on the outside. Just pass yeah. them on the outside. It's so easy. It doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's the longer way around. Right. But, you know. Yeah, it's it's much harder to pass on the outside, but that's why people don't do it. Apparently, uh, you gotta, I, I if you say, got a hairy hog car, though. You can get away with that. That's true. It's true. They put on those special tires. <laughs> uh, maybe the best thing you can say about this movie is that it fits into like an underserved niche. I would say I cannot yeah. think of another serious film. Look, there's Talladega Nights, of course, but I can't think of another serious film about stock car racing. Gee, yeah, I I can't either. I'm sure I'm sure there's there were open there has to be more stuff. before our time, and you know, like in mm-hmm. the in because this this movie is made in the the twilight of the Richard Petty era. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is like this is you're you're entering the uh, uh, the Jeff Gordon era of NASCAR, starting in what mid '90s. So mm-hmm. this was kind of like I don't know that the like I don't I don't think racing. I think this is depicting racing from 30 years before as if it was still happening in the modern era, like the, you know, like yeah. where, where drivers would rush their pit crew and get in a fist fight where a guy would come screaming <laughs> out after the fucking checkered flag uh-huh. has flown and rammed somebody in revenge. Like, and you know. still be ever allowed to drive again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot of happy Gilmore into it. In that case, like this guy is kind of, uh, mm. he's the outsider to the sport. Mm hmm doesn't understand it doesn't even think it's necessarily cool or it's worth his time but he still excels at it uh and yeah he he gets he gets threatened to get thrown off the tour multiple times for his behavior there are some stock car racing movies i guess uh kenny rogers made one way back in the day elvis presley made one uh there you go yeah burt reynolds made one it's it's like if you get past the 70s this is like the only serious nascar or stock car racing movie yeah which i I think is a shame look i'm not a fan of stock car racing i think it's boring i don't care uh i'll say this i'm not a fan of any kind of racing other than motorcycle racing because from the from what i did like the moto gp stuff that shit's over in like 15 minutes oh my god oh my (laughs) yeah i went i went to the brickyard 400 once Mm-hmm. They run that shit in the high months of uh, the high days of August. It's like 139 degrees in the stands, and you mm-hmm. watch dudes go left, turn yeah. left for four fucking hours. Jim, I don't, yeah. I do not see the appeal. I do not, even if it was. I don't either. It's exciting. It, I guess if it was exciting as depicted in this movie, maybe. Mm-hmm. But 
my god the I, carnage I, I, I think f1 is cool here's the thing i don't like oval tracks i think oval tracks are incredibly boring i think f1 is cooler um if if you get to a track with more than just yeah. four turns get a road course going yeah uh that stuff is cool but yeah I'm, I'm not a fan but i do think like there are fans out there they probably deserve better stock car racing movies than this but boy they just don't make them yeah like i said i I, uh, I think ford versus ferrari is maybe the best racing film i've ever seen it's pretty good I like but it. it's about a incredibly neat niche you know enduro mm-hmm. 24 hour marathon type racing, uh, yeah. which is even probably more boring than than watching guys turn left for four hours. Uh, <laughs> watch them turn left for 24 hours. Yeah. 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 It's kind of has. You thought wild. it was cool when we turned left for four hours. The thing is, it's like it, it's like it is it is an amazing sport. What's that Hemingway qu- quote that there's only three real sports? There's like bullfighting, boxing, motor Mo- uh, motor car racing and everything else is just a game uh, mm. because like it it takes some kind of superhuman feat of endurance and concentration and will to drive a one ton vehicle around an oval lap at 200 miles an hour for that long and just yeah you just you just sure. turn left turn left you turn left you turn left like just, just to maintain the split second focus over that long of a time is kind of insane to me. So I respect mm-hmm. that shit from afar, but I don't want to watch it, you know? Uh, sure. There must be a lot of people like you out there because Hollywood just is not interested. It's hard to make it in turn. Cause like you said, you could get into the deep lore of NASCAR and you really get into, cause I was kind of like when Robert Duvall started that clean slate with the frame and said what all he's going to do. I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be a fucking cool montage. And it was over 10 seconds later. <laughs> like, and fuck. unceremoniously too. It's like he, he sands the frame a little, he sticks some parts in, he has the paint job done miraculously somehow. Mm-hmm. And then we're mm-hmm. on to the race. Like it's, it doesn't give it any room to breathe whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I, what, what more do we want to say about this film before we get into spoiler territory? Uh, not much, not much. Well, apparently, apparently, the Hemingway quote is bullfighting, motor racing, and mountaineering. Mountaineering, boxing, just a game. I, yep. I thought, I thought, I thought a combat sport would get old Ernest's blood going, but apparently not. You'd walk up a fucking mountain. There you go, punch dudes in the face until they can't get up anymore. That's that's just you're just playing tiddlywinks, son. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And now, back with more Bald Move. Uh, so this is, this is a movie about Tom Cruise as a brash uh, fighter pilot. Nope. Uh, he's a brash bartender. Nope. He's a brash pool. P- nope. He's actually a brash open wheel driver, open wheel mm-hmm. race car driver who has lost his sponsorship under mysterious circumstances. He is met up by a sponsor with Harry Hogg, who is a champion winning NASCAR uh, crew chief engineer. He has also lost his job under mysterious circumstances uh, under a NASCAR invest- investigation. You got a, a rookie guy exiled to NASCAR. You got an experienced crew chief trying to get back on the road to glory. And their 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 mission is to win the Daytona 500. Is it 500 or 400? It's the Daytona 500, right? Daytona for, 500, sure. For uh, the non-crazy Randy Quaid. Mm-hmm. And will they do it? Oh, man. Oh, man. You'll, you'll never guess. You'll never guess. Will, will they actually win the race? Um, <laughs> what? Where do you want to? Where do you want to start with first? I want to start with their names. Oh Who my has god! The best name in this movie because there are a lot of good ones. Uh, Tom Cruise plays Cole Trickle. Cole Trickle. Here's the thing: I don't buy his story that he comes out of California with a name which, like which, that's Cole a, such Trickle. a great that, that's a great line because like Robert Duvall finds out this guy's from California. He's like, he's a damn Yankee. And uh, Randy Quaid's like, nah, nah, he's from California. Yeah. Californians, they're, they're not anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how, who has ever come out of California with the name of Cole Trickle? That's an <sighs> Athens, Georgia name. That's a Mobile, Alabama yeah, name. It's a good name. I like it, but you're right. It's, it doesn't scream West Coast for sure. That uh, name crawled out of Nashville, Tennessee. That did not come from SoCal. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Cole how Trickle. About- how about uh, Michael Rooker's name? Rowdy Burns. Rowdy Burns is what a really great fucking amazing. It's Rowdy. Really you think his Rowdy. real name is Rowdy or you think it's a yes. nickname? Yeah, no, it's Rowdy. Because they use real names in this. They, they popped they out of his mom. Richard Petty and other people. He popped out of his mama. Michael Rooker slapped the doctor and they said, that boy's Rowdy. And that's the name stuck. <laughs> sure is. Uh, and there's one that for me takes the cake. It's Robert Duvall's character's name, Harry Hogg. How can you go wrong with a name like Harry Hogg? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. What's the birth know. story there? Hmm? He comes out. The doctor says <laughs> he has got uh, a case of advanced inf- uh, fetal hair syndrome. If I ask fetal hair syndrome, A A F. Yeah, he come, he came out of, he came out of the birth canal looking like Bob Hoskins at age fifty five. That's what I'm saying. Just yeah, Robin no Williams, hair on no hair Bob on his head, mm-hmm. but from the neck down, it was gorilla. <laughs> right, Harry Hog. I love it. Right, right. You call him as you see him in NASCAR. <laughs> this is how babies get names, by the way. The doctor just says the first thing they do, that comes to they their do. mind when they see the baby. Uh-huh, That's how uh-huh. ugly Jenkins was born. <laughs> uh, are there any... What's Carrie Elwes' uh, name? Russ he had Wheeler. He had Russ Wheeler. Wheeler's another a pretty great, good name for a car driver. Another great NASCAR. You're like, you guys... Do, do, do you think NASCAR drivers do change their name? They gotta. They gotta. But 
but there's a famous driver named the name of Dick Trickle. If they would change their name, surely they wouldn't go racing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Ari Leyendike probably wouldn't have chosen that name. Oh, he got in that. I thought he was I thought he was all open wheel. Ari Leyendike? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um do you think it was like a rule for NASCAR cooperation that they cannot show an American flag in this movie without first showing Confederate one? Because I was keeping track. Oh, really? And it was always it was always old glory. And then maybe a frame of some people in the stands drinking beer and then stars and bars. Wow. Old glory, stars and bars, stars and bars, stars and bars, old glory. It's, it's, you know, it's something something I noticed. I didn't see that at all that's weird how did you miss oh my god there's so much so much confederate flag in this movie hmm i don't know i imagine i imagine nascar is still that way you go to the southern track and they're around i think for sure i think so and i would say (laughs) it fits nicely into that culture um there's a couple (laughs) there's oh man um I love man. There's this movie. Like I said, it's it's a NASCAR film written for people that are not from NASCAR. But mm-hmm. like uh, this uh, Cole Trickle from California, they already have a bad taste in the mouth about like you know where he's from and the fact he's an open wheel guy, not a NAS, not a not a stock car guy. And uh, you know Harry Hogg asked rhetorically, "Who is who? So who is this driver? Where is this driver?" And on cue, Tom Cruise comes rolling up on this big old Harley. And he's dressed like a henchman from the movie The Crow. Okay, yeah. Uh, it feels like that Tom Cruise is designed to kind of like be offensive to the stock car s- sensibility. He's like totally. a Hollywood pretty boy with the name Cole Trickle. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I noticed in this scene is Michael Rooker aggressively referred to his car as a bitch. He does several times. I have never in my life... And I've been around some rough company. I've never in my life heard a man refer to a vehicle as a bitch before. And I think he means it in like female dog terms, right? Like that's I, that's literally how he means it. I I wasn't I, expecting I, I wasn't expecting this angle from you, but let's go. Okay, maybe. I, what think, I, you, I think he literally means like this is a a dog that I ride. I don't know. <laughs> There's some something he says is some tone in his voice that I'm like, I, well, he he literally is talking about an animal that he is writing here. I think Robert Town is like, we want, of course, these are masculine men. They're going to refer to their conveyances in the feminine, you know, like like a sailor calls his mm-hmm. sailing vessel. That she got treated. My lady got to treat her right, you know. Sure. But he's like, but like NASCAR dudes, they like they chew tobacco and they're mm-hmm. aggressive. So they're gonna they're gonna call their cars bitches. What about a sow? Can we call it a sow? <laughs> yeah, I do. Don't a you sow. dare put a dent in my sow, or I will rip it's, your. It's, it's as, as authentic to the NASCAR experience as calling your car a bitch, but uh-huh. probably less offensive. So sure, let's go and, with and that. Yeah, it doesn't quite evoke any sense of like movement. <laughs> There's something about call, calling your car a sow is is what you say about like a Buick. It's true. Or it doesn't a Ford seem very Taurus. nimble. It doesn't yeah. seem very nimble. Um, but I don't know that bitch does either. Doesn't doesn't yeah. express. Yeah, hmm, I don't know. 
It's 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 weird. The other thing in these early scenes I notice is they use sped up footage to cheat the sense of speed. Oh no. And I'm not sure whether they just they just did that and select scenes up the beginning because they, you know, I don't know they're shooting B-roll or what, but like or whether I just got desensitized to it because like I was actually worried I'm like, man, if if this movie's calling card is a racing scenes and they're literally guys going around a track at 35 miles an hour that they're going to crank you know, under overcranked, whichever, uh, I'm going to be really mm-hmm. disappointed. But I thought the actual racing footage was really good. It's just in the very beginnings when they're doing essentially hot laps around an empty track. Yeah. How could you even tell, though? Was it something about the movement like left to right? <sighs> I've been watching a lot of Night Rider. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you can just okay. tell when when slow cars have been sped up to overcome stunt problems or, you know. Gotcha. Hmm. But I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out why, because like the actual rate and I'm like, well, maybe they actually ca- got footage from real NASCAR and they could get clearance to go around the track. But that's clearly not true. Well, I mean, so you need like the same car, right? I mean, the, the laps they're showing early on are 51, I think it is, uh, which is Rowdy's car. So you can't just like insert stock footage because none of the sponsor logos will be the same. The number might not be the same, but even if you can match numbers, the car isn't going to look the same. So I bet they had to run these cars and film them. I bet they couldn't mm. do a lot of stock stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't imagine because you, that's exactly right. They, these are not real cars. They're not real sponsors. Um, yeah. What was the Tom, Tom Cruise's sponsor, like Duraflow oil or some crazy shit like that? He had a few. I like Mellow Yellow as the, the final one there. Um, but yeah, he, he had Duraflow. He had City Chevrolet, which I want to say is like a local dealership. It's uh-huh. not even it's not even just like Chevrolet pop proper. It's City Chevrolet. That's exactly. I think they established that. Like Robert Duvall says something about, don't you know, uh, shouldn't you go back to selling car? I, I think he owns like a franchise of car dealerships in california randy quaid does okay yeah right right the in chicago it's chicago uh because one of the guys oh is it higher up money man i i don't understand so he's getting he must be getting money from someone else or or their their sponsors is is i guess what i'm getting like there's um there's a scene where a kind of absurd scene where they meet with the doctors in like a big group um, like Tom Cruise and Michael Rooker both meeting with the same doctor and you've got the, the sponsors there, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to dinner. Um, that must be the spot, him trying to get the sponsors back on board after the crash. Right. Yeah. And to put okay. them on notice that if they fuck up one more time that he's going to Japanese inspect them. Do the sponsors own parts of of the car? I, I don't mean like literally. I mean, do they own you know shares in the car? Do they get paid out if the cars win? No, to my knowledge, I then why? So sponsored? I worked for a company that did sponsor a NASCAR truck. Okay, they were the primary sponsor of a NASCAR truck, and we didn't do much winning. Uh, (laughs) but like, I don't think it was ever like it's the, the deal is it's you pony up a certain percentage and that's how big your logo is on the car. 
and like there's a there's a a minimum fee for mm. like you know at least fifty percent, and then like if they win, I don't think you get paid out any. It's just you get the prestige and presumably the brand awareness of. Well, this is a very expensive billboard. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a def- it's definitely an ego thing too. Like I I thought like uh, yeah. I thought the principals of my company lost their fucking mind because it seemed obvious to me that there's no I, I knew what they were investing there's no fucking mm-hmm. way we would get that much advertising out of thing but you know what do you yeah, do you'd be better off buying billboards on the highway to the racetrack than you right. would buying actual logos on the car but i don't know like what is it worth having lucas oil stadium lucas oil on the on the side of the colt stadium in downtown indianapolis mm-hmm. like it can't be worth what they're paying for it but yeah advertising it's tough uh, cause that's going to get, you know, mentioned on national television every time there's a game that's going to get like the people in Indianapolis are going to know the name, like every single one of them. I can tell you what a 60 second podcast ads worth. It's about a point oh one of a cent. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. need, oh, we, we need to get some of those. Ex- we need to get into the expensive billboard game, Jim. I, I we need to, yeah, we, need we got to... a lot of, a lot of, uh, video real estate that we could sell logos on right here you go here you go half million dollars we'll say the name of your company for at least half of the podcast okay half yeah. of the speech in the podcast will be your company's name <laughs> what a fucking bargain right i i will say it 300 times at the end 300 <laughs> times in a row no one will ever forget it after i say it 300 times yeah yeah i mean that's that that makes sense right uh, you you don't spread it out throughout. It's like you don't like when Dupont sponsors a car. They don't have hundreds of Duponts all over the car. They have one big fucking mm-hmm. Dupont. You want a massive concentration of Dupont at the end of the podcast. I Maybe mean, right. he says saying three hundred times. You should draw it out. <laughs> you should say Dupont. Like try to say <laughs> for three hundred seconds. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or we'll do it together. Like you start the D, drag that out until you run out of breath, and all come in mm-hmm. with the. Mm-hmm. And then you come in at the paw and we can we can we can circular. We, yeah, that's how we make it work. That's a steal. That's DuPont. value for your money right there. Call us. Oh, God. We're just amusing <laughs> ourselves, Jim. No one cares. We uh, are. We need to drop the hammer on this podcast, man. We do. I the other. OK, I want to start just pointing out random ridiculous things about this. Um, I think here's the thing. Here's a rule of thumb for prestige versus pulp. If 90% of the podcast is pointing out ridiculous shit, it's probably pulp. If 90% is talking about serious character development and emotional stakes and stuff like that, it's probably prestige. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking through my notes and 90% of it is just ridiculous shit. Um, sure. Tom Cruise had never driven a stock car before. Yeah. He's used to oh, an open wheel car, which Robert Duvall helpfully. That's an indie star, a style car. Any open wheel means uh, wheels without fenders on them. You know, like your conventional indie car, your Formula One kind of shape. It looks like the wheels are just out on these little pylons. Mm-hmm. Um, these cars weigh half as much and have t- uh, no. They have they, they yeah they they weigh half as much as a stock car and have twice the the the, the tire contact point. Tom Cruise steps into a stock car for the very first time. And he sets a lap that they say would have taken pole position at this track last week at the race that they held there. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way. Yeah. So so there is one thing I know about racing, and it's 
that you can't just put your foot down into the gas harder than the next guy and win the race. That's not where you gain time. Where you gain time is in the technical bits. And that's what I meant earlier. I want to see more about the technical side of the racing. And they they brush up against this with uh, Robert Duvall. Every once in a while, his character will be like, you're melting the tires or or. Uh, you know, you're driving wrong. And when you see him drive 50 laps in Robert Duvall style, not only does he not melt the tires, he gains a second or so. He gains right. time. And, and that's what better. racing is all about. It's not about who wants it more. It's not mm-hmm. about, well, in some ways it is because, you know, that focus that you have to maintain. But it's not about who can go faster with sheer force of will. It's about how technically precise are they? How... How well are they using the track and their car to its maximum potential in order to win this race and shave off tenths of a second? Yeah. No, I mean, it's it would be ridiculous for Michael Rooker's character to come out onto that track on a brand new unfamiliar car and do one lap and have it be the hottest lap that has been, you know, set set essentially a track record. That's like insane, let let alone because you're right. It's mostly about. Knowing the track, memorizing like points where, you know, you got to start entering the apex of the turn. You got to know you got to start breaking here. You got to get on the gas here. You got to like the it's it's it is highly technical Um, and it's Mm -hmm. not something you can just, you know, again, if you had lots of experience with a car on an unfamiliar track or lots of experience on a track, an unfamiliar car, you're not going to set your world. I don't know. Just like stuff like that was constantly happening in this uh, in this movie. Um, yeah, like if he's melting tires, he's driving wrong, and that means he's driving very slow. Uh, right, and that's the thing. The other thing that always bugs me about these, this movie and other racing movies is they show Tom Cruise very easily passing other cars. Like just four, he'll pass four cars in fifteen seconds, and that's just. I, that's not how it's done. Like, if you're the no. number one racer on the track, it's not that easy to pass the worst racer on the track, right. let alone the middle of the pack or the front of the pack. Yeah, or that one time where they he goes in for a pit stop and they jam the gun, get get the oh hose caught God. in their dicks. They're like, they it takes them a minute to get them out, and mm-hmm. he's uh. But, the, you know, he he's he's back in the like eighth position by the next lap. It's like no yeah. fucking way. Well, you cannot not. go. But for the whole movie, it's like essentially it's Tom Cruise racing and whoever's in the lead. Mm-hmm. Everyone else yep. is just literally color for him to blow past on his way to rubbing up against the leader. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. They really just concentrate on that one position the entire movie. And he as best to the best of my recollection, he never passes on the inside ever in this entire movie until the very end. And I don't know if yeah. that's like intentional from the filmmakers to say, well, then the setup thing that he's doing with with uh, Russ is going to land, man. Holy shit, it's going to land. Oh, my God. There's a second track you can pass on mm-hmm. the inside track. What? I didn't even mm-hmm. know. I couldn't even conceive of passing on the inside until then. Right. And I, it's like seems like it's also this like unbeatable strategy that Carrie Elwes had no defense for. <laughs> right. He's like, like said, he's passed me on the inside, that bastard. He's going to put me in the wall instead of me putting him in the wall. Ah, you know, right. Also, what the fixation of, yeah. of, of putting people into the walls uh-huh. like 
this happens multiple times a race. It's not just like mm-hmm. one or two times a season where bad blood spills over and someone does something really stupid. Um, and I get it. To a certain extent, rubbing is racing, especially in NASCAR. You, you do you do swap paint. You do you do bump draft. You do all kinds of stuff. But putting dudes into the wall on like notoriously mm-hmm. dangerous corners, that's psychopath criminal behavior. And I think it would be treated oh, as yeah. such. It would. Yeah. I mean, you're endangering everyone on the track at that point. Yeah, especially when you got NASCAR's president coming down like I'm on a black flag, all you sons of bitches for putting people in the walls. And mm-hmm. then Carrie Elway's like his whole shtick in the last half of the movie. And Robert because Robert Duvall points it out as much like the only reason he's winning because he's the only son of a bitch can put people in the wall still mm-hmm. because NASCAR's told my guy that if he does it one more time, he's out. And meanwhile, he's just he's got a superpower. He's just putting people in the walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I guess this, this is like, you know, the very dumbed down, I can't believe I'm saying this about stock car racing, a dumbed down version of stock car racing epitomized by the little melodrama they have with John C. Riley's character where his dad, you know, he's, he's like, he's explaining this floozy in his trailer. He's like, there's two types of NASCAR racers. You got your calculating types, smart, methodical. Then you got the dumb fuck kamikazes like my daddy and Cole here. (laughs) And like, Cole's like, what happened to your daddy? And that starts to kind of cent- one of the central mysteries. You know, there's two central mysteries. Why did Tom Cruise get kicked off of his race team? And the other is why did Harry Hogg kind of retire in disgrace from NASCAR? I don't mm-hmm. know that I know the answer to either of those questions. I'm with you. hundred percent. It seems like they both did dirty shit that maybe should have got him drummed out of the sport. Like Harry Hogg pushed. John C. Riley's dad too hard and gave him the magic tire speech and he believed it and he got put into the wall and saw Jesus. And I honestly, I couldn't with a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you what Tom Cruise did. Like, why did his sponsor drop him? Because. Oh, his. So his sponsor didn't drop him. So his sponsor was. So his. I think his sponsor was his dad. Uh, and, and his dad went to jail for selling stolen yachts. I, he was a con in, man. He, 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 so he, okay. So he sponsored his own son's racing career with illegal, with, with, with stolen yachts. I, I think so. It's a really weird backstory for this character. And if Tom Cruise is such a shit hot, uh, open wheel, you know, IndyCar circuit or, mo- or why wouldn't he just get another sponsor? Like the right. storyline would be like wonder kids. Dad goes down in disgrace. Who will sponsor him now? Not you have mm-hmm. to flee this side of the country and go to Alabama and fucking race. Like, yeah, I, I get the impression that hmm, it's a good question because he knows nothing about racing, right? He's a natural talent. He knows literally nothing about cars um which is ridiculous but yes this is what the sure that you could be a, a hot shot good racer and know nothing about cars is kind of crazy um so maybe he's just unimpressive to most people who do not have harry hogg's record who are not themselves down and out right um real sponsors real crew chiefs take a look at him and go I just can't work with this guy because he knows nothing. He might be uh, the best natural talent, but he knows nothing. 
I just don't understand how he's so successful in Open. I guess they didn't establish how successful he was, though. Just he won he like his last seven races. He's he's won a few awards, a few trophies, I guess. Um, yeah, there's there's um yeah, this movie really made me want to see Talladega Nights again because the more I think about it, the more I think this the Talladega Nights is like a one for one remake of Days of Thunder, Probably. just with the stupid lever set to eleven. Because I think Ricky Bobby mm-hmm. has his confession. At some point in the movie to John C. Riley that he doesn't know how to do something basic in life. Okay. Like, I can't yeah. remember what it is. Like, it might be he literally doesn't know how to turn right or something. Like, so, something that, like, <laughs> it's, it's almost as stupid as Tom Cruise confessing to his crew chief that I don't know how cars work. Uh-huh. When you say things like loose and slammed and wedge, I just, it's just words, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you say things like gas and brake and clutch. I don't know. Uh... Oh, let me ask you about that. Uh, how does Tom Cruise not immediately put together two and two here with with Buddy Bretherton and Buck Bretherton? Because like halfway right. through this movie, uh, the the topic of of Buddy's death uh, mm-hmm. and Robert Duvall's involvement comes up, mm-hmm. and Buck is telling people like you know the how his dad drove. And Tom Cruise is like, oh, oh, that's your dad, isn't it? I'm like, well, he told you his name. It's like it's like if he said his name was Buck Petty. Yeah. And, and like Kyle Petty had died the year before or something. It's right. like, you didn't put that together? I'm trying because I was I, the same because it's like it was a very. Oh, Jesus. It was a. It was a really, yeah, Bretherton. It's a kind of unusual name, and it's a big, apparently a big winning NASCAR name. Right. To not, it, it did stretch the credibility a little bit that Tom Cruise would just now realize. Maybe he never bothered to learn his crew's last names. No, he specifically asked Buddy, John Bobby, C. Ricky. name. Yeah. And he's like Buck Bretherton in the, in mm. the very beginning of this movie. It's, yeah. it's It's after he runs the practice laps that impress everybody. Buck comes up and introduces himself or says, hey, that was great racing. And he he's like, thanks, man. What's your name? And he says, Buck the, Bretherton. The real question is, why would Tom Cruise know who Brett, the buddy Bretherton is or whatever the, the the dad was? Because he mentioned that he's only involved in NASCARs. He'd watched a few races and on prepped TV, for this yeah. interview yeah, on TV and prepped this interview. I don't know if he's being ironic or what, but like. Why the hell would he real. know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I watched a few races on TV, and I know the Petties. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. But is is the is the Bretherton that status? Like I don't he's, know because like that's you know fucking Richard Petty's the king. Right, right. Still to this day, I think he's the most he's the winningest NASCAR driver of all time. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, Old Gordo couldn't overtake him, huh? Couldn't pass mm-hmm. him. He should have tried Old passing Jeffy. on the inside. I, my, I might have done he should have. He should have. <laughs> my granddad was an unironic NASCAR fan. And he he loved Jeff Gordon, man. Uh, Jeffy. Sure. Yeah, so I think many he was his favorite did. grandson. Um, let me ask you this. There's a point the 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 crisis point in this movie. You know mm-hmm. the the goose breaking his neck point is Tom Cruise. There's a wreck in front of him. Uh, oil sprays everywhere. There's a thick white cloud. Apparently NASCAR rules say you're supposed to go up high and maintain your speed. It seems crazy to me, but so he does that and he T bones, Michael Rooker's character Mm -hmm. rowdy. Why did that happen? Because 
I thought they staged that to where I agree with Tom Cruise, like he should have been cleared and suddenly he wasn't. And the way the way um, Robert Duvall acted kind of dismissive about Tom Cruise asking and he's like, oh, I think someone bumped you into it, made it seem like he was guilty in the exact same way he was with uh, the Bretherton incident. Mm-hmm. But that never goes anywhere. The way it's resolved is Tom Cruise has an identical situation where he goes high and punches it and it just works out and that solves all of his demons. Uh-huh. And now he can win Daytona. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. I didn't understand it either. I, I think it is it is absolutely a lie that a car bumped him into uh, Rowdy because I didn't see it. I didn't go back and watch the film again, but I definitely didn't see him get bumped. Uh, it just so happened that Rowdy was in the way. You know, it's it's the it's the danger of it, right? It's the chance yeah. that you're taking. You're not in control. You can have all these rules and guidelines and and you can drive uh, as well as you like. But things just happen out there. That's actually the best point in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um that whole control is an illusion speech Nicole Kidman gives after Tom Cruise scares the shit out of her by doing oh another God. unsanctioned street race. Uh-huh. <laughs> An impromptu <laughs> street race. Um but yeah, you can, you know, like you, you you think that you can control everything, but you don't know what shit is going to be going on outside or even from within. It reminded me of the conversation we had about uh, aneurysms last week on the The Last of Us. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can you can be master of the universe and you know have some artery let go and you're dead. Like, yeah, it really is this this illusory thing, and it's it's interesting to see Tom Cruise. I, I don't know how that lesson actually applies. Is it like? Does he have that kind of like um, Luke attacking a Death Star moment where he turns off the targeting com- computer and goes through the white cloud? It's like, I'm giving up control. I'm just. I think so. Yeah. Jesus, like, take um, the wheel. I'm driving uh-huh. right through this cloud and it worked out. Yeah. I mean, that's all it can be in the, the mm. context of this movie. Seems like he's learned to live with the danger of it. I guess my question is, after that, does he continue to race? Um because there's this tension with like him and uh claire nicole kidman in this movie where she's i i don't know i i was sort of offended by this uh line she has which she asks him if he does anything else besides racing or wants to do anything else besides racing and i'm just like why does he need to do anything else besides racing yeah you want to do something besides cutting on brains come on right Right? You're wasting all your time. Jeez, all you do is cut on brains. Why is right. that why is that any more interesting or fulfilling than what he's doing? We're the yin yin and the yang, baby. I bruise my brain so it bleeds <laughs> and you cut it so it doesn't, right? You know, if it uh-huh. wasn't for me, you wouldn't exist. <laughs> this is true, yeah. I'm here. You're but a shadowy reflection of me. Raison d'être. <laughs> Dr. Lewicki. <laughs> This is this is the only role I've ever seen. And I know there's been others. There has to have been. But this is the only role I think I've ever seen Nicole Kidman in where she's talking with her natural Australian accent. Yeah, I was trying to think of others. You, you might be Far right. I don't know that I've seen it. She's got a ridiculous Irish, Irish accent uh, mm-hmm. in Eyes Wide Shut. It's very American. Um, I think, was it Top of the Lake season two? It's set, also set in Australia. I think 
she's in it and I believe she's in that season too. And she's, she's obviously speaking in an Australian accent, but that's, hmm. it's bracing. I don't, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I know intellectually she's an Australian, but like, I mm-hmm. see her in so many American roles that I forgot. I forgot that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed how, so like Tom Cruise, we just talked about, it, he drives through the white smoke. He T-bones rowdy. They both go to the hospital and side by side gurneys. And there's this like ER scene oh where they're both working them over and you know Tom Cruise is done gone <laughs> bruised brain blind. Uh bruised brain blindness. Is that a thing, Jim? I don't know. Can I you actually can you actually hit your head so far that you go so hard that you go temporarily blind because Probably. your brain's brain swelling, swelling and all that? Yeah. And, and squeezing so. squeezing on the optic nerve. Um but I really enjoyed the fact that they get discharged at the exact same time to where yes. they're like in side by side wheelchairs. They instantly go into a wheelchair fight. Uh, they get mm-hmm. called on the carpet in front of the NASCAR's president. And he's like, we're going to make we're going to bury these this hatchet. We're going to go have lunch together. And you guys are going to drive together. And they refuse to get in the same car. So their solution is that they go and rent cars. They go rent cars and then they do a stock car race to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they're rubbing, they're, they're destroying their cars. <laughs> it's it's not just a stock car race. This is the most insane race I've ever seen. I don't know how they got onto the beach, but they're literally driving in the the they're driving in the water on the beach. Yeah, they, it's, it goes. Ever, this is all the Rocky. This is the Rocky two scene. <laughs> <laughs> where Creed and uh, where where Creed and uh, uh-huh. Rocky are racing down the beach, but in stock cars. Gonna fly now. <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd. I, I mean, this movie takes so much of its DNA from Rocky. Uh, like there is a Robert lot, yeah. Duvall in the barn fixing up this, like building mm-hmm. this car, is very mm-hmm. reminiscent of Rocky out in the boonies, uh, fixing up his body. Yeah. You know, lifting logs, cutting wood, doing rafter sit-ups, sure. shit like that. But yeah, this race, the stock car race is maniacal. And the aftermath of it is maybe more unbelievable. What do you because mean Because they turn into best friends simply mm. because they raced a, a Ford and a Chevy down the beach. Are they? So like, that was Roger Ebert's take. In that, you know, in his is is making the Tom Cruise formula fit that they, they turn into best friends. I don't know that they turn into best friends. It's more that Michael Rooker swallowed his pride and said, my family is going to lose out on all this money and I'm going to lose my job and my career. You don't have a car. I respect it's more of like I respect you mm-hmm. enough to put you in this car and, and hope that you'll win. It's not that. But they were they friends. I don't know, man. Um, was Michael Rooker at the at track side during the last race? Like he wasn't the one that any, he wasn't in the crowd that comes out to congratulate him, right? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, I, I think he was I undergoing didn't... brain surgery. Mm, well, yeah, there's that. Uh, uh, but Tom Cruise is also like more friendly with him, right? Or he's well, he's willing to put his neck out there for him, and I'm not sure exactly why. After I don't this. think he is too, because there's like it doesn't. Um, Robert Duvall's character ask him like Harry's like you know why are you doing this? You're doing this because I forget what the exact answer it was, but it's kind of like I'm doing this because he trusts me enough. Like 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's very again. It's, I think they respect each other. I don't know if they like if if there's a D- Days of Thunder two, then I'd buy them being friends. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's it's so it is very rocky. It's Rocky it One. It is very rocky. Right? It's Rocky One. Where when Apollo he, comes away respecting Rocky, even though they're trying to beat each other's brains out. <laughs> we need a Days of Thunder two where. Cole Trickle finally just beats beats uh, Rowdy in a straight up NASCAR contest. We and need a demolition need a Days derby. Of Thunder three, where Carrie Elways comes and runs over Robert Duvall in the pit lane, <laughs> kills him, and they swear they swear vengeance. And uh, and mm-hmm. Rowdy trains Cole in the the art of beach running. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I could just see it too. I could just see it too. You know, Daytona. Half of Daytona was originally written, uh, ran on the beach back in the old days, back in the old days when they were still racing for moonshine. Mm-hmm. We got to get back mm-hmm. to our roots, Cole. Got to get back on that beach. <laughs> also, it so obviously looks like a California, like Venice Beach style beach to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's pretty hilarious. Um, that's kind of, man, they, they did so much location shooting. You'd think they'd just go ahead and do the full take it down to Gulf Shores, Alabama and get it out on the the water. I, I guess you kind of have to location shoot a movie like this, right? You can't really build these tracks. No, no. They're expensive to build. It would make no sense. It, it's wild, though, now knowing that Michael Rooker was having an internal hemorrhaging of his brain this entire time, that he was doing this uh, unlicensed stock car racing with just a three-point seat belt. Mm-hmm. No airbags. I think those are, they're driving Chevy Berettas. There's there's no they're, they're not airbagging those things in 1990. <laughs> surely, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do I love like, putting these guys into a Ford Taurus. It's like the least sporty car I can think of. Uh, yep. and that's the car they give them to drive to the restaurant in. It, it's oh, it's obviously it like this. Okay. Well, yeah. The the first car was the Ford Taurus, and then they went and they rented the Chevy. Did they and get? Because I thought it was maybe they got an Impala. Because I think that's what they're racing at the time. There were the Tauruses and Impalas. Oh, really? I mean, in name only. It's hmm. not like they're really racing. It's just like that's right, like right. the vague body shape and the the headlight decals they apply <laughs> to make them look like it. Gotcha. You're, we're a ways away from the days where they actually ran stock cars. You know. Yeah, that's the thing about racing actual cars. They're not set up like uh, stock cars, so these cars are not identical in any way. No, uh, the, the one car would actually have a huge advantage over the other. Yeah, but um, I don't know. They beat the shit out of the cars. They take them to the restaurant and the valets are looking at them like, what do we do with these things? <laughs> because they're taking up the whole the whole driveway here. I, I don't even know if they run can, at that point. <laughs> see how fast you can change the tires. You know, <laughs> I have your pit crew fantasy. Fuck it. Joyride them. You know, they're already yeah. so beat up. Just take it out and do a joyride Ferris Bueller style. But I don't know that anybody joyrides a Taurus. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. And now, back with more Bald Move. So at some point in this movie... Uh, Tom Cruise, I, I want to say it's when he's going to race Daytona, maybe. Um, he's race, he's lacing up his boots. And I noticed these are just like leather, leather racing booties. They're, mm-hmm. they're strange. They almost look like, uh, like boxing shoes, boxing yeah. boots. Wrestling, um, wrestling mat shoes. Or wrestling, yeah. Is this a tradition thing or is this like... Oh, the, the, these boots are actually the best way, the best foot gear you can have when you're racing. I have no fucking clue. I presume they're made out of like asbestos or some kind of high flame resistant material. Sure. Sure. Um, I don't know. Because like that's the thing is um, NASCAR was really slow to embrace a lot of safety technology. Like, yeah, it, it's it's entirely possible Dale Earnhardt would still be alive had he not refused to upgrade his helmet technology. And I think they hmm. uh, at the time they it was available, but not mandatory to have the head arrest system where essentially when, you know, they have cables attached to the driver's head and when they're in a wreck, those cables like, you know, keep your head from flopping around and hitting every, it like, you know, maintains the structure integrity. And it's I don't know, but I. Yeah. Fuck, you slam into a wall going 160. It's yeah. Oh that's my an God. event. And that's an that, event to put your body through. That crash that sends both him and Rowdy to the hospital is mm-hmm. just horrible. It's... I mean, I don't think you walk away, bruised brain or not, I don't think you walk away from that crash. Yeah, that was a while. Like, I was trying to think of like, because that looked like more like a, uh, Grand Prix type of wreck, you know, where the cars just mm-hmm. are they're so central mass off. that once they start spinning, they just spin like a drum and just parts are flying off. It's like a pod racer wreck in Phantom Menace, you know, I'd say it was <laughs> right. I think it, it, if it was in real life, it would be in the top three most vicious car NASCAR wrecks of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, another question I have about the rules of racing. So there's this big tension uh, in the Daytona race where uh, Tom Cruise has to pit and there's a yellow flag out. So they've got uh, the pace car going 
Sure. Um, he's blown up his transmission and they're just like, well, okay, give, give him the top gear. Let's get him back out on the track as fast as possible. And he's like, come on, if this pace car laps me, if I don't get out in front of it, I'm done. And I don't know if that is a rule. Like if you get lapped by the pace car, you're out of the race. Or if he just wouldn't have the, the time to catch up because he got lapped by every single car on the track. I think the way this works and I from browsing Wikipedia, this has all changed where this you can't do this anymore. But I think the way it works is once the yellow is declared and a pace car comes out that you can race to the line. But if the if the pace so like if you get out on the track, he can go full speed back around and catch up to the back of the pack. But if that pace car laps him, then he's stuck. A he's now lap full behind. lap behind. Yeah. OK, so it's Whereas, not a rule like, that you're disqualified if the little pace car laps you. No, it's no, just no, 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 you just be you just be you just be one full lap behind. So you'd have to lap everyone, which wouldn't be a problem for <laughs> Tom Cruise it, in this movie. That would take him an extra 30 say, seconds. Yeah. But right. In real racing, that's like a game yeah. ender. in this movie. That's yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. Of racing. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of like things that change in the t- early 2000s around yellow regulations and how you can finish and stuff have made a lot. I guess a lot of the finishes depicted here aren't legal anymore or maybe i don't know i was confused too because like the i was reading richard petty's article because oh my god that guy jesus um he wrote an article about this movie no they they well i read an article about it but i actually read richard petty's like wikipedia article oh okay stuff and i was looking like how many of his races would not be like he wouldn't have won them under today's rules Hmm. and i'm like well that's who cares you know you say the same thing about the 50s football Mm -hmm. you know uh, but uh, yeah, I I forget what I, we were going with that. Oh, yeah, just the way I understand is like that was a legal tactic because that allowed him to get in front of that pace car, and now everyone else is going super slow. He yes, can race at full this. speed back, catch up. I don't think he can pass anybody, but that's still a huge advantage just to catch up to the pack. But if he hits it at the right time, uh, and the pace car is is coming off the track right as he's approaching the pack he could probably zoom past he could probably actually do the thing that they show him doing all the time in this race which is zooming past fly everybody. past 15 cars in 15 seconds right yeah because they, they mentioned that too it's like you want to you know get you want to be at top speed when the, pace, uh-huh. when the pace car ducks off the track because everybody else will be going like 50 miles an hour and you'll be going 190 right yeah that could work i, I don't know i almost think they should have had the pace car lap him uh, how much more exciting would it be if he had to pass Carrie Elwes twice? Like he uses up his trick, his his juke the the one time, and then the next right. time, what's he gonna do now? He's already Finish. used his one move. Right, that's the only so move in NASCAR, right? <laughs> it's a psychological game of rock paper scissors, you know. Uh huh. It's 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 inside outside. Put him in the wall, and yep. you gotta. <laughs> Inside beats outside, outside beats inside, put him in the wall, beats everything. I don't know. Uh, the final thing that I have to point out here is that it's hopeless. It's a fool, uh, a fool's mistake, Robert Duvall, to challenge Tom Cruise to a foot race. Because even if you win the foot race, watching him will make you feel like you lost. Yeah. He looks like yeah. he's running so fast. Yeah. That's how that's the that's what the movie ends on too. that scene of them running a freeze frame of it. Yeah, freeze frame of it. Yeah, <laughs> Robert Duvall, four, 59 years old in this movie spry like I when he started yeah. running, I'm like, well, this is kind of a joke, but he actually got up to some kind of full speed that I was found surprising. He died two days later. Did you know that <laughs> this killed him. that? Yeah, I did not no, know that. I'm kidding. 
uh, I was gonna say I thought he. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I knew you. He's not. He's like Robert Duvall is like legit ninety four years old right now. He's not dead. Oh yeah, yeah. He is just ancient. Uh, Robert <laughs> Duvall. How old is Robert Duvall? He is ninety two years old. Holy hell! Damn. He just won't quit. He won't. He can't. Can't. Can't stop. Won't stop. Um, I do wonder. Like, when? When's the last time he actually uh was in a movie? 2012 okay so he's he's retired oh no oh shit he's in no he's in a bunch of stuff that's coming and the 2018 that that was television he's still in movies you can see robert duvall in the pale we just saw him in the pale blue eye that's that uh, oh yeah we totally did yeah there's a cabin scene uh that he's in Right, where he plays like an old man in 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 his long underwear or something. <laughs> this guy's ninety two years old and still acting in Hollywood films. Wow, they need to do a Days of Thunder two, right now, before Robert I mean, Duvall is out of the game. And it's so perfect because you just get Carrie Elway's run him over in the first five minutes. You just go exactly, right to Days exactly of Rocky. You go right two, to Rocky, yeah. Rocky three. You skip Rocky yeah. two because that's really just a redo. It is. That's yeah. really just blowing up the Death Star again. You run it right in Days of Thunder mm-hmm. 2 is essentially Rocky 3. Then Days of Thunder 3 could be Rocky 4. Yeah. Where Vladimir yeah. Putin sponsors an all-Russian <laughs> kill team to put American drivers, all the American drivers, into the wall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, they're, they're, but they have to retrain because in Russia they turn right. All their tracks go the other way. <laughs> they drive on the wrong side of the track. Uh huh. They absolutely uh-huh. driving the wrong side of the track. Yeah. Uh, so you get a van- couple of good montages of of Russian drivers just going into the wall because they're turning right accidentally, just out no. of reflex and habit. God, I almost wish we hadn't killed Robert Duvall in the first five minutes because I can just totally see him with the clipboard being like, "Now you boys have been drive turning left your whole <laughs> life. We're gonna try a couple <laughs> right hand turns and then like you know Tom Cruise is white knuckling. He makes he makes yeah. three lefts and oh, I got to <laughs> no he makes three rights and he finally reverts and just slams. I, I mean, put myself into the be... wall. I put myself in the wall, Harry. I can't do it. You might just be rewriting Talladega Nights. I don't know. I've never seen it. I'm telling you. But I yeah, think you Talladega Nights it. is shot for shot remake of this movie. Just mm-hmm. even funnier. Um. I, what do you I think, did what do you find think this of the, movie impossible not to like, though. I had a big yeah, smile on my face yeah. throughout. No, I, I like it. I, I like, um, you know, all the hijinks that they get up to uh, playing tricks on each other. The thing about like, oh, yeah, we put a special set of match tires on your car. I know you can pass on the outside. Yeah. Turn yeah. four. No problem. You got it. And then, yeah, with the, the reporter coming in and asking about it. Um Man, I thought they were building up to Harry Hogg being kind of nefarious. Like, he does push his drivers too hard, and he does get mm-hmm. them killed. And that they're going to have to have a reckoning about that. But they, no, they don't. They don't ever do yeah, that. Yeah, that's the thing about Harry. He's, he doesn't have an arc in this movie, is the thing, right? He starts off as the incredible crew chief, uh, stock car engineer guy who yeah. has some un un... Uh, indecipherable past and he ends that same way so character arcs are for effeminate Hollywood types Jim this is this is a a, a true blood he's he's a steady he's arc he's the only arc he just goes straight and true (laughs) straight down straight down the line straight down the baseline that's a strike Harry Mm -hmm. Hogg is a strike pitch 
No curve. No arcs. What do you think of the music in this? Because I thought it was, it's a lot of synthesizer. Um, it needed a like, lot more country, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it needed think, a signature licensed track, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pun intended. But then, yeah, it probably needed to do a lot more southern style music. Lot, lot more country, a lot more bluegrass, a lot more rockabilly. Uh, I thought the the pulse pounding driving music was fine. You know, like the big budget. Okay. Uh, exciting sports sports movie music was fine, but yeah, and the, the score is not bad. It's just nothing memorable is the problem. Like I don't come yeah. away from it with dangers. I, I literally come away from this movie with danger zone in my head instead of anything uh-huh. from this film. Yeah, yeah. Nick Cer- Cersei shows up. Oh right, uh, as on a faker because you're talking about the hijinks. I'm like, oh man, so mm-hmm. that shit was pretty cringy because uh, they're they're getting pulled over in a dry county and I don't know some. Uh, Tennessee or Kentucky or, or something and uh, they're they're throwing Tom Cruise against the wall and this female officer comes up and just starts grabbing his cock and I'm like this is well I thought this they were just still playing it straight up as if the police woman <laughs> would just sexual harass his good looking NASCAR driver but uh-huh. then it turns out it's just a whole it's like a stripper gram situation and it pays off when he thinks mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman is They've they've hired another stripper to stripogram him, and he oh god, yeah. He, How he, the hell does does Tom Cruise ever get uh, this doctor interested in him? Like it's, I don't it's, know. It's the I, most disastrous meet cute I've ever seen in a Tom Cruise yeah uh, he, formula movie, and it's that's saying a lot. Forces her to feel up his junk, and then drives like a fucking maniac, terrifies her on the streets. And then they somehow are still dating. I yeah, I don't get it. Uh, me either. Any reasonable? I mean, he, he's brain extremely surgeon. good looking. Have you considered this? <laughs> I have considered this. Yeah, he's extremely uh, good looking. But she's already having doubts. Like that. That's the that's the egregious part. Is like she's questioning whether this guy is even worth her time because he's just <laughs> a race car driver, right? Uh, and she's been to college, you know, and right. And the sweet and low scene does does no favors. Like, this guy is thinking about racing every second of the day. Even when he's in bed with you? I he's know, got, and that's... Wh- where did he get the sweet and low packets? I want to know. <laughs> that's a fucking where? good question. Because Ben Affleck brings animal crackers on a picnic. It's a picnic! Yeah! Right. Where yeah. does he pull these out of? Well, you're in bed with Nicole Kidman, and you're not even buying night. Your heads, your heads down on the foot section of the bed. You're mm-hmm. not buying a nightstand. It's not like you had coffee. And he just like nope. magics up these two sweet and low packets and starts driving around on her thighs like it's Talladega Nights down there. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that Nicole Kidman plays this as if she's kind of like, oh my god, my boyfriend is a cringy Arrested Development boy child. What am I going to do? Did I miss my opportunity for a Talalega Nights joke? <laughs> no, I think you, I think you squeaked it. And that actually, actually, uh, the sweet and low packets were taking a victory lap, waving the checkered oh. flag. You came roaring out of the pits and T-boned them. Nice. NASCAR is going to have the president of NASCAR wants to have a word with you, Jim. Yep. You've been, yep. you're going to get black flagged on the next race. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a crazy scene. Anyway, it's a whole, it's a crazy relationship. Like that whole thing shouldn't have happened, but what are you going to do? It's in the script. Can we talk about the, uh, days of thunder ride? Okay, sure. 
in your version of Days of Thunder Ride, did they have Tom Cruise? Did they have the Cole Trickle or Harry Hogg in it? Um, boy, this is a good question. It's been almost thirty years since yeah. I rode that thing. They had this. I remember in, they the had seats this out moved. in California too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I want to say it was California. Maybe it was here. Maybe it was here. Now that I'm thinking about it, like you saying, "Oh, they had one here," makes me think I wrote it when I was like twelve. Like, like you know, this that the top thrill dragster that Cedar Point, I guess, used to have. It's closed down now. Like that same uh-huh. type of thing is like in five different amusement parks in North America. Like, you know, people, yeah. uh, a, a company will make a ride and then they don't sell it to just one. They they sell it all over. Usually, they're slightly rebranded. Um, mm-hmm. and even the um, the Kings Island Days of Thunder got rebranded to James Bond Experience. Um, oh right like yeah. five or six years after it opened after paramount took it over um mm-hmm. but i the way i remember that is like that it was days of thunder in kind of name only uh that it sure the, the the ride experience was you queued up you got into this uh room uh there's this big essentially it's like a big theater probably 10 rows and each row had like 20 seats in it you get into the seat. Each one of the seats is independently mounted, like like on a, a gimbal that has like six axis of movement, mm-hmm. and it can rumble, and it can. I I think in the early days it used to dispense smoke too, if I recall. Hmm. Okay. Like it could actually make steam and stuff appear, and it would play this in this like big IMAX theater screen. Uh, this the Days of Thunder deal, and it's like Days of Thunder, the last ten minutes of Days of Thunder. But no, there's no Tom Cruise and there's no Harry Hogg. It's just you are a rookie uh, NASCAR guy getting talked through the final lap. It's like I think you're coming out after a pit or something, and it's like they're talking you through the final few laps. Yeah, I remember the and, the pit thing they did where like they drop down each side of the car. That's one of the yeah. Things I your seat about would it. your seat would jack uh-huh. way up and then it would go down on one side and you yeah. shake it. Yeah, and uh, it did the, the the thing I really remembered about it is like the it ends exact the same way. You have a rival car and the guy tells you it's okay. You're gonna go on the outside and then when you get in here you're gonna slam on the brakes and downshift and pass them on the inside and you go down there and he starts pinning up against the wall and the fucking thing's shaking and yeah you. It's you, you do the thing, and then sure. then what? I, do you remember the victory circle? No, like you come down and like they give you flowers and milk, and there's like this ridiculously ridiculous bikini actress that comes and like virtually kisses the screen. <laughs> okay, and I always remember because I was like twelve or thirteen, and I'm like you know, and I'm looking at, it and I was, I was like, uh, there's one time like my seven year old sister was sitting beside me. I'm like, what is she getting out of this? Mm-hmm. Like that's such a okay, you know, cater to half the fantasies of the people in the room. I don't know. Sure, there's there's probably there's probably some some gay women in that. Fifty three point seven percent of the people in the audience. Um, do, do, do they do they ask you your preference before the race no, and say if you win, don't. would you like us to cart out a, a woman or a man here? No, everybody's got the uh, everyone's eyeballs pick up the same. They didn't. They didn't have any polarized. Yeah, that oh, would no, be a I funny mean, in a real race. Could... Oh well, they, they solved the that by just by... in general not letting women win the races. Well, sure, you, you solve all that problem by just you might let a few compete, but they're sure as hell not going to win. So you don't have to worry about Did that. Danica Maybe Patrick years. win a bunch no of races. Way. Did she? I have no idea. I, I, I was like, Danica Patrick was was at the very tail end of my having watched any racing stuff. 
Yeah, I don't. And that's got to be like 20 years ago, right? Huh. She is the most successful woman in the history of American open wheel car racing. Her victory in the 2008 Indy Japan 300 is the only win by women <laughs> by a woman in the car series race. So, yes, the winning is Jesus winning woman in open wheel racing has won one race. Um, All right. But I that's the thing. It's like I, the I remember at the time that a lot of quote unquote serious because, you know, the thing about living in Indianapolis is like you kind of f- are forced to pay attention to racing yes. because it's such a big part of the local scene there. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of serious racing fans. There is a time like Danica Patrick got all the sponsors on because she was like conventionally attractive and whatnot. And there was actually a more talented uh, woman racer who was not as photogenic, but she was like, you know, she was like a fucking racer and she was always mm-hmm. struggling for like sponsors. And like she would always get like halfway through the race, race and her engine would blow up because she didn't have enough funding. Oh. And so I imagine there's a lot of it like that where there's a misallocation of funds. Um, yeah, because like I can't imagine that men or women would be biologically prone to win car racing. No, it's I'm not I'm sure exactly it's a, thing. a physical it, feat. You know, I, I'm sure it's just a numbers game, right? Like you've got 99 yeah. men on the track and one woman, right? What right. are the odds, right? Well, yeah, one in well, there's that too. There's that too. Yeah. That's it for this week's prestige movie, such as it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next week, we'll be back with Midnight Run. It's Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro. Um, I've never seen this movie. Have you? No. It's like 98% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's another one of those movies that Bill Simmons talks about all the fucking time. I'm mm-hmm. excited. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see you back then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.